Hey, Katie. Hi, Ben. So uh, I have a I have a problem, and maybe I'll just try and explain it to you and see if you can help me. Basically, I'm just not really sure what type of episode you want to cover today. I don't really have any information on what kinds of things you might want to talk about. Any ideas on how we can address that? Ben, this is one of your weaker moments of dialogue here. I feel like usually once we get into the middle of the episode, we usually have a pretty good mm. clip. Yeah. But the beginnings are tough, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're pretty... I, I kind of I kind of feel like this is a, I don't know, like a cold start or something. Okay, so this is a joke between Katie and I. You will understand it by the end of the episode. <laughs> you are listening to Linear Digressions. Okay, so fundamentally what this episode is about is recommendation engines, and we've talked about it in the past. Uh, but specifically, we're going to talk about a problem called the cold start problem. Indeed. Indeed. So we should probably start by recapping recommendation engines real quick. Definitely. Um, yes. So and let's recommend- see, let's use Netflix as the example here. Uh, I love Netflix. Yeah, let's use Netflix. So the idea of Netflix is you can watch movies on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those of you who are not familiar with Netflix, one of the things that really characterizes uh, the Netflix experience, if you will, is that um, you have sort of this account, you log in, and then it it will give you, um, you can search for movies, but the main way that people usually end up watching things is because Netflix will recommend things to you. And it'll say something like, people who liked this movie also liked blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. So it'll look at your watching habits and it'll look at the watching habits or viewing habits of all of the other people on the service. And it'll say like, hey, you kind of seem similar to this person and this person and this person. And these people have watched this movie and you have not. So maybe you might like it. Uh, yeah, and so these algorithms are called collaborative filtering. And so the idea is that you have lots and lots of movies, and you have lots and lots of people. And so, like you said, you can start to look for users who are similar. And often there will be some kind of also like latent traits that they're looking for. It'll say something like, oh, it looks like you like Westerns, and we know mm-hmm. that uh, something like that. But that's that's getting a little bit. Also, I have to say, mm-hmm. these work really, really, really well. Because a lot of times Netflix will know what I want to watch better than I'll know what I want to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, I sometimes get the thing where I log in and it says, would you like to watch this movie? And I kind of think like, oh, I've forgotten about that movie. But yeah, I I really do want to watch that movie. (laughs) I do want to watch it, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, they they actually, they can be uh, quite good. And I think I read somewhere that something like 75% of the watching that people do on Netflix is because it recommends them. Maybe it's even more at this point. Yeah. But... There are some places where these uh, collaborative filtering algorithms have a little bit of trouble. And the one I'm thinking of in particular is uh, what's called the cold start problem. Mm-hmm. And the what the problem is is even a, communicated a little bit in the name. So the idea is you and I both have, well, actually, better, better point. So you have a Netflix account. I technically don't. I use my husband's oh, really? login. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, so like I, I, I basically do, but let's say I were to open an account with Netflix tomorrow. They don't actually know, or, well, maybe they could do some kind of something with the IP address or uh, something, but like, no. let's assume they, they don't know who I am. Right? You're like total tabula rasa, blank slate user. They know nothing about you other than maybe information that you give them when they, when you log in, like your gender and maybe your age, I'm not sure what they ask for. And then they also know like very, very loosely some kind of geographic location. So they'll know that you're, you know, you're in Chicago as opposed to like uh, Berlin or wherever. Right. 
And so I walk in the door, I give them almost no information. Let's say I give them no information. And I say, entertain me. Right. <laughs> they're expected to know what will entertain you. And they're expected to uh, present some options to you and be reasonably good. And this this is actually this problem occurs all over the place. Pretty much any time you have a new user to any system, and that system is known for providing recommendations, that's when you run into this problem. Yes. So, and just to be totally clear, the problem is that normally the way that these engines work is it looks like it looks at what I've done in, in the past implicitly, you know, what are the movies that I've watched? What ratings did I give them? And then compares that to the the body of all the users. But if I have no past, then I have no record that it can use to match me against other people in this in the service. And so where is this supposed to place me? Like it's kind of mm. blind. So how do you actually adapt to that? Because I mean, if you have very little data or no data, I mean, what is there really to do? Right. So that is a very good question. Um, and I was reading a pretty good paper about this that we will post. Oh, in our uh, new website. We have a new oh, yeah. website, folks. We have a new website. Sh- shall we go on a very brief digression about the new oh, website? Oh, yeah, sure. I don't know that there's very much to say, but meh. Well, I, I mean, all the thanks goes to you because you, you, you did all of the work with the exception of transferring the domain. And I'm a web developer, so I should know how to do this. But it's just every single time I have to do this, it's such a painful, awful process to, to do domain transfer stuff. And then there's caching issues. So like the website will be down for certain people, but only with if they're with certain ISPs and other ISPs, internet service providers like Comcast would be fine. And it's just, it's just a whole mess of gross awfulness that can only be, like you couldn't dream up that kind of complexity. The only way you can find that kind of complexity is by building a system piece by piece over the course of decades. <laughs> And then you end up with all of this uh, nastiness. That was so much more pontification than I was expecting. I had no idea you felt so strongly about these it's, things. <laughs> I just, I feel like the world of web development has been consistently getting better, with the exception of perhaps, perhaps the sole exception of domains, domain names, all that stuff. And actually, if you'll permit me one other brief rant. Oh, by all means. If... Uh, and actually, if you're a listener and you own a domain name, uh, let's say you bought this uh, six or nine months ago and you, you bought it for a year, mydomainname.com or something, which is probably taken. But And then you get in the email, you get in the mail, you get this thing that says, hey, your domain's going to expire in three months. You can renew here and you get a discount. It's only $45. Well, you might you might remember when you bought the domain, it was only $10, but you might not. What's actually happening is the who is information associated with that domain. Uh, some other really evil company has taken that information, email or mailed you something saying, "Hey, you own a domain with us," and then they get you to transfer it to them and get you Yuck. to pay them four times as much money. So, uh, yeah, domains suck. That's that's all I got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> while you were doing that. MyDomainName.com with two N's in the middle is not taken. Uh, oh, but really? But if you only want one N in the middle, it looks like that is. Uh, if, take, and no, they're not yeah. doing anything with it. But uh, anywho, uh, <laughs> another domain name you cannot get because we have it is LinearDigressions.com. All right. We invite you to come check it out if you like. The main draw would be because when we talk about papers and 
blog posts and things like this, uh, open source repos, what have you. We like to post links to those. So those will be, we've been putting them in the show notes, but I get it. It's, it's like the world's mm-hmm. worst way of disseminating that information. Um, so come to the website and there'll just be a link there and, uh, and it has all the archives. And so you can go back in time. And if there's a particular episode from the past that you want to go find the paper, knock yourself out. And if you happen to find any links that are broken or anything like that, we, I think they're all good, but feel free to reach out and, Absolutely. uh, and just let me know. Cause, uh, you know, quality control is tricky anyway. Also, uh, the, the, visual nature of the website has changed it's a bit more plain now and that's not really a concern for either of us uh even though i'm a web developer uh just because right now we're actually using squarespace of all places um which and this is not an ad for squarespace i'm sure i'm sure wix or whatever all their competitors um are would be just as just as fine but um the goal was of course to get all of this information in a really easy to put up on the web way so there we um, have it. Yeah. Squarespace not paying us, but pretty easy to use. Yeah. Um, oh, let's rewind a little bit to, <laughs> anyway, yes. yeah, to those engines and, and how do you deal with a cold start problem? Yeah. So the paper that I had fun flipping through when thinking about this is called Methods and Metrics for Cold Start Recommendations. It's just a little six pager. It's actually uh, pretty readable. Um, and so it spends half the paper just sort of explaining the, the setup, but then in maybe the second half or so of the paper, they were looking at a couple of different methods that you can use to uh, to try to resolve this. So one of the ways uh, that they talk about, there are a couple different algorithms that they look at. They call them, there's like a naive Bayes-based algorithm and there's some expectation maximization algorithm. But basically they're based on the idea that, um, I sort of mentioned it at the beginning, sort of by accident and then steered the conversation away. The idea of latent traits um, that maybe you like certain genres of movies, or maybe you like certain actors, or something mm, like this. This is a Western little bit more. Yeah, this is a little bit more for the case, not necessarily of a of a new user. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, but let's say there's a new movie that Netflix has to list, and oh, they have to figure out who to recommend it to. So rather than just new users, this problem exists whenever you put really any new thing that's involved in predictions yes so in in netflix you've got the new user problem you've also got the hey we have a new movie problem we don't know uh, of our entire user base we don't know who likes this movie and so we can maybe guess that like based on certain certain things like the genre or the actors who are in it uh, we can guess that it's similar to these movies which these users like so maybe these other users would like it yada 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 but Yes, you use some of the content attributes of the movies, and that means that you have to have a little bit more data that you carry around. You would you would have to keep track of something like the actors or the genre or uh, maybe like when it was made, those sorts of things. And in general, content-based recommendations don't usually seem to work quite as well as collaborative filtering. They're certainly, at, at large scale, they don't work as well as collaborative filtering. But when you're trying to get started, it's it's a place where you can uh, where you can get some very quick gains just because, like I said, you you don't have to know um, what other people were thinking of this movie. You just have to know some of the attributes of the movie, and that can give you a place to to start guessing. And then the second thing that uh, that I was thinking about is they have some some slightly more sophisticated algorithms for how to um, deal with the cold start problem for people, but. Some pretty reasonable stuff that you could do for people is you just recommend, uh, you look at the aggregated s- movies that seem to be 
doing well for the population as a whole, and you recommend those. So you just you basically just recommend the popular movies, and that gets you out of sort of this little trough at the beginning. Um, and it's I'm a little bit uh, getting myself like thinking myself in circles here a little bit because there are a few different problems that they're trying to solve in this paper. One of them is who should we make recommendations to? The second one is if we make make a recommendation. Will this person rate this thing highly? Like, will they give it four or five stars or something? And those can be slightly different problems in terms of how you approach them. Based on the problem, also, there might be some peculiarities in exactly what the um, what you're going to sort of optimize for when you're trying to solve it. So they point out that for a lot of recommendation engine problems, you want to minimize the number of false positives. So you want to minimize the number of times that you recommend something to someone and they end up really not liking it because then they tend to lose confidence in your service. And that might be more expensive to you in the long run than if you sort of leave something on the table, so to speak. There's something that they could like, but you don't recommend it to them because you aren't you aren't 100% sure that that might be less a less bad outcome to you than asking them to, to watch something that they end up really not liking. So um, for each of these different scenarios, there's different ways that you can jumpstart your recommendation engine. And there's also different standards that you're going to hold yourself to, because depending on exactly what the scenario is, you might want it to favor certain kinds of mistakes over other kinds of mistakes. But one of the points that they make at the end, which I thought was, was kind of well considered is that, you know, they have some of these kind of sophisticated latent trait models with expectation maximization and naive Bayes. And the point is it's like kind of complicated and sounds scientific And then they compared them to very simple heuristics, like recommend the popular movies, or if you have to guess what, um, what rating a user is going to give a movie, guess their average rating over all the movies that they've ever watched. Like, let's say this person usually gives fours, just guess a four, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And they find that even those heuristic algorithms often tend to do fairly well. And their point in saying this is that you can do something fancy and it might do well, but if you do something very simple, that might do well too. And so this is a case Mm -hmm. where as you're, you know, let's say you're doing a literature review or something of trying to, what are all the different ways you can solve this problem? They point out that just because something does well doesn't mean that it's a particularly smart algorithm. Um, It seems like it's actually just pretty easy to make some, some, excuse me. It seems like it's just pretty easy to make some progress fairly quickly on this as it happens. And so you want to have that piece of context when you're interpreting anybody else, anybody's claims about how great their algorithm is. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at lineardigressions.com and katie at lineardigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at lindigressions. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.